0: Welcome to the Pro Basketball Talk podcast. I'm Dan Feldman. Very glad to be joined today by Noah Levick of NBC Sports Philadelphia. Noah, thanks for coming on. I think it's been about uh, two months since we did this last. Ben Simmons is still on the 76ers. And, and so that means uh, you know there, there's more issues to cover with it. And I, I think we got to start off with two uh, very, very important questions. Uh, the first one, do we have any clarity yet on what Joel Embiid meant. Uh, did he say, I don't care about that man, or I don't care uh, uh, about that comma man? Are you
1: disappointed that he hasn't bought back in yet at this point with the the At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my
2: job. So it's funny, there was actually a little dialogue about that in the media room amongst us Beat reporters, and we thought there was no comma. We thought it was, I don't care about that man. Uh, Regardless, the sentiment for a while uh, from Joel Embiid was pretty consistent that he's not there to babysit, he cares most about the players on the team, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But things have obviously shifted in a significant way here uh, with Ben Simmons telling his teammates he's not mentally ready to play, uh, and Joel Embiid, actually, before the Sixers home opener, taking the microphone and calling Ben Simmons our brother and asking Sixers fans to support him. So lots of twists and turns there. Uh, as far as that specific quote, I believe no comma, uh, but regardless, uh, the Sixers now, uh, at least publicly, are, are putting on a unified front in terms of Ben Simmons as their teammate uh, and they respect you know where he's at and uh, want to be there for him. Uh, and Doc Rivers said today that Simmons has indeed been, been at the Sixers practice facility, uh, actually was there for their shoot-around today, uh, put up some shots with Rivers' son, uh, Spencer, who is one of the Sixers' skill development coaches. Uh, and so for the time being, uh, he's back around the team. Uh, and that is that is where we are at after
0: lots of twists and turns here. Okay, so I'm Team Comma. And I'm not sure, right? I think anybody who's certain is wrong, but I lean toward comma. And part of that is just the context. The question was, are you disappointed that Ben Simmons hasn't bought back in yet? Uh, you know, like you said, when Joel Embiid addressed the crowd uh, for the home opener said, you know, our brother, Ben, that doesn't sound like I don't care about that man in terms of not caring about Ben Simmons as a person. Maybe he changed his mind. Maybe he didn't care about Ben Simmons as a person in that moment. Uh I do think it sounded like uh, there was not a pause, but sometimes the way people talk, pauses don't necessarily match up with uh, their intent. Uh, So that's why I leaned slightly toward comma, but I also think, you know, if everybody ran with no comma because that, first of all, that's the better quote, right? That's a fantastic quote. I don't care about that man. Wow, like that is biting. And he said some uh, harsh things about Ben Simmons uh, in addition, but that is above and beyond. And, And so everybody ran with that. If Joel Embiid wanted to set the record straight, uh, I'm assuming he's had opportunities to do it. I'm assuming he could have done that through a team PR staffer. Uh, Almost everybody ran with the quote as no comma. Uh, Have you guys gotten any pushback from PR or anybody trying to argue at all that he didn't mean it as harshly uh, as it would be without a comma?
2: No, nothing along those lines. Uh, And Joel Embiid has been awfully impressive uh, with his candor uh, in these... (laughs) Media sessions, uh pretty much every one of them has had a quote that jumps out at you, uh whether it's on on Simmons or another topic. uh yeah, no pushback there, as you said, uh sure, it was perhaps the most explosive quote of that particular availability, uh but Embiid, for quite a while uh, until the latest shift with Simmons. Uh, saying he's not mentally ready to play was very firm. Uh, earlier he had a quote that he considered it borderline kind of disrespectful that Simmons was holding out and was not there for his teammates. Uh, we had the comment about the babysitting and not caring about that man or that, you know, whatever whatever you think it is. Um, it, it's been clear for a while that he's determined to help the Sixers win games and that... Uh, in his mind, focusing excessively on Ben Simmons is something that might detract from that. But nevertheless, uh, for the time being, uh, he you know he's been publicly supportive, uh, and you know this is this has been a major major change now uh, with Simmons uh, letting his teammates know that that he's not mentally ready after not speaking with them for quite a while. You
0: know, I, I think even if Joel Embiid. Uh, meant it with a comma like he's the type of person who loves the publicity loves the chaos that yeah he's not gonna set the record straight and let everybody talk about it and if you're willing at least to have that out there uh, as everybody interpreting as i don't care about that man well at minimum that says something too all right the second big issue we got to get into right off the bat what was in ben simmons pocket
2: yeah, I I don't think uh anyone knows with 100% certainty. Um I would be stunned if it was a cell phone as I guess many folks were assuming uh looked like in all likelihood it, it was a a practice jersey. Uh that would yeah, that would be outlandish uh even by the absurd standards of the saga if it was <laughs> Uh, carrying a cell phone during practice, so yeah, uh, my understanding, uh, it, you know, was that it was a practice jersey, probably. I, I mean, I, I guess only Ben Simmons knows for sure. Uh, but regardless, that particular day was was an especially weird one uh, where Simmons, you know, was finally visible to us reporters, and it was quite obvious that he didn't want to be there and was just going through the motions. Uh, And what have you. And then sure enough, uh, the very next day, we get the word that he's suspended for conduct detrimental to to the team. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm not going to say anything definitively. um, But I I will say I would be stunned uh, if he
0: was carrying
2: his cell phone during practice. I, I just don't believe that to be the case.
0: So I also don't think it was a cell phone. I I think there's some angles you can see. It's just interesting to me that we've had, you know, a week plus to to get to the bottom of some of these very important issues of, you know, was there a comma? What what was in his pocket? And we still don't know. There's so much confusion uh, around this whole situation.
1: Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
3: For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Uh, A lot of my confusion now that we get into a little bit more of the meat of the issue. uh, You've mentioned a couple of times Ben Simmons told the team he's not mentally ready to play. We've hit an era, and I think this is largely for the better, right? Uh, Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, uh, I think were very widely praised for coming out about their mental health struggles. Uh, I think they were especially uh, widely praised among, uh, you know, the NBA Twitter, progressive NBA fan demographic. Even in that group, I don't think Ben Simmons is getting the same treatment. I think people are still mocking him. I think he, he's still a joke to a lot of people. I think his uh, refusal to three, shoot three-pointers, uh, w- which I, I think is probably tied to a, a mental block there. Uh, not, it's not just that, but that I think that's part of it. Like, he gets made fun of. Why is Ben Simmons treated so differently than Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, and other players who've, who've come out and uh, been varying degrees of open about their mental health struggles?
2: Yeah, it's un, it's unfortunate. I, I think the context is unique uh, because the way that Simmons and, and his camp at Clutch Sports have handled a lot of this has rubbed many Sixers fans the wrong way and uh, has just frankly irritated a lot of people just in terms of the basketball side of it. Uh, and I, I think probably a lot of folks do have trouble making that distinction between okay you know, this is frustrating as a Sixers fan that he's held out and that he hasn't developed his game offensively the way we would have liked, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, Ben Simmons is a human being who, uh, in what I imagine is, you know, a rather vulnerable moment has this meeting with his teammates and says to them um, that he, he's he got some stuff going on mentally uh, that he, and, you know, in his mind, it's best for him Uh, not to play basketball right now. So, yeah, I think um, it's just tough because the context and the constant scrutiny that Simmons was under from a basketball perspective, and then uh, it feels like a relatively sudden shift to many people. Um, But Tobias Harris, I think, uh, deserves a lot of credit for being impassioned and asking people to recognize that Simmons is a human uh, and to give him space and privacy, and uh, to respect uh, what he is going through right now. Uh, and you know, it, it doesn't, I guess, get brought up a lot with Simmons, but it's unfortunate here too that uh, he had some public family stuff that I'm sure was very difficult for for any person to go through uh, late last season. Uh, and you know, there, there's a lot of things about him besides the holdout, and besides not shooting threes and passing up a dunk, and all of that, uh, that comprises him as a person. So, uh, yeah, you would you would love for for folks to recognize that, but on the other hand, I can understand that being especially difficult to reconcile, um, just given the spotlight that's been on Simmons, the basketball player, uh, for so long here as
0: this saga as has really dragged on and on. My theory of why Simmons gets treated differently, and it's not just one thing, but I think one of the prevailing things is that people see his uh, mental health issues as very directly tied to his his playing basketball. They see him not shooting three-pointers. There was the report that some of his teammates uh, suspected that he faked, uh, faked uh, coming into close contact with a team masseuse who had an inconclusive coronavirus test because he didn't want to play game seven against the Hawks. And that would be his way out. Like, I, I think people view these mental uh, health challenges as directly tied to basketball. And you, you make a great point. There's other things going on in his life. Maybe it is directly tied to basketball. Maybe it's not. He hasn't talked about it. He doesn't have to talk about it. Um, but I, I think there's just this, this overarching uh, belief that, that it's tied to basketball and, and maybe even more so, Tied to his trade request. And that's where I, I think it gets into uncomfortable territory. I mean, uh, I don't know what else, else the 76ers were supposed to do once Ben Simmons said, you know, he's not mentally ready to play, other than, okay, we'll support you. We'll get you the help you need. We're, you know, we're, we're going to stop finding you, I think was a big development. But these, they're all degrees, right? Like there's somebody, there's some, there could be somebody who's, you know, dealing with things uh, uh, inside their job as a basketball player, outside their job as a basketball player, um, you know, Uh, things that I think people tie to mental health in in terms of uh, depression, anxiety, some of those things. And also, if there's somebody who just doesn't want to play for their team anymore, if they feel like that's not the best place for them, well, that's a mental thing too, right? Ben Simmons, aside from his back injury, which we can talk about a little more, but it's not like he's physically unable to play for the 76ers. He's made a choice. He doesn't want to play for the 76ers. That's a mental thing. So if he described that as mentally unready to play, like how can anybody tell what degree that is? Is this the path that anybody requesting a trade uh, uses going forward? Because it it's, can be true. It could be other things like, you know, is, is that abusing the system? Is that the system working how it should? There's so many complexities with this. I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, do you have a sense of how we should be viewing uh, that aspect of it?
2: Yeah, I think for sure uh, there's some subjectivity here that wouldn't exist with a physical injury. I mean, just my personal stance on it would be it's probably most prudent to lean on the side of trusting the word of someone who says that they're facing mental obstacles of some kind. Uh, I just don't think the precedent— is great there if uh, the first instinct is disbelief and believe you know just just being suspect that someone might be using such a claim to game the system or whatever um, you know I, I think you ideally wanna wanna trust the word of the person uh, and it seems telling to me that the organization has been unified uh, in doing that and. In being supportive of him, uh, I do think you make a valid point that to me it's it's not even controversial that like basketball' is both a physical and a mental sport, and for Ben Simmons in particular, he was rather open uh last postseason in acknowledging that his free throw issue in particular was more mental than physical like that was the response he gave. When he was directly asked that question uh, and I remember after the game five of that series where I believe he was like four or fourteen from the foul line uh asking him if he had an explanation for why his free throw percentage had dropped off so much after actually being for him a, at a decent standard from the foul line before the all star break and it, it felt very vulnerable for me when he just genuinely said, "I don't know so I think there's some uh, grasping for answers uh, on his end as to what's going on with him mentally and how he can improve his mental performance and mental readiness uh, from a basketball perspective. So uh, that aspect of this isn't necessarily new. uh, But look, as far as what he is going through right now, I think probably the best approach is not to speculate, take him at his word. Um, Like Tobias Harris said – you know, give him space to the extent uh, it is appropriate to do so. And then uh, it would be great at some stage to hear from him, which we haven't in a long time. But uh, if we don't, uh, kind of just try our best to stick with what we know here.
0: I mean, I think you're right. I do think the best thing to do is take him at his word and, and help him. And, because what, what else can you do? But man, it's hard for me to to think that that in the seventy sixers front office in the back of their mind or maybe even the front of their mind they're not thinking you know I don't know like I I don't know how much of this uh, I can trust or, or where the lines are or or how serious this is I mean I, I do believe that Benson is is genuinely having a. There are uh, genuine mental health things, right? You talked about the free throw shooting. He's been open about it. Like, I don't get why it's such a, a leap for people to believe. The guy who wouldn't shoot three-pointers, the guy who started uh, stinking at, 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 uh, at free throws, the, the guy who refuses to shoot in the fourth quarter deeper in the playoffs, uh, the, the guy who uh, some of his teammates who know him well suspected that he was trying to dodge a game seven because he mentally didn't want to play. Like, he probably does have mental health. Uh, uh, blocks there uh, that are real I also question and I'm maybe you tell me maybe this isn't even fair to question but I question to some degree well what's he doing to mentally prepare for the season because he didn't want to play for the 76ers did he have interest in in mentally preparing to play for the 76ers this season does he have a duty to do that right If, if he left the season not mentally prepared to play for the 76ers he's under contract does he have any duty to actually try to mentally prepare to play for the 76ers? Uh, you know, he, he spent the summer wanting a trade. There's some reports that he wasn't communicating well with the team. Some of his teammates wanted to come out and talk to him, uh, assure him that, that they wanted him to, to come back. He wouldn't even see them. Like, is is he doing the appropriate things? Is it fair to ask that of him?
2: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a gray area. I would lean toward just trusting the Sixers' assessment here, especially given the organization uh, was not hesitant about fighting Simmons when they thought he wasn't fulfilling his contract. Uh, And now he is back working out at the team's practice facility, and uh, they seem to think that he is doing everything he is obligated to do in terms of preparing to eventually play basketball for them. and. Have even expressed optimism, albeit without a firm timeline, that maybe that could happen somewhat soon. Uh, so, I think just given that Daryl Morey and even Doc Rivers, who who kicked Simmons out of a practice when he when he thought he was being a distraction, have shown that uh, they are willing to set hard lines here, uh, and that they feel that Simmons is uh, to to. A, to an extent, upholding his end of the bargain here, um, I would think just based on that evidence, uh, it's probably not fair to scrutinize uh, Simmons too much just until we know a little bit more information. Uh, I think kind of that's that's the most valuable information we have right now, and um, yeah, that, that's kind of how the Sixers see it—that he is moving in a direction uh, toward potentially playing for them again.
0: So those fines, uh, the, the reporting was that, you know, he told the 76ers, uh, this is from Sham Sharanya, this was uh, uh, reported after the practice, but it says in Simmons' first meeting with team personnel last week, uh, Simmons reiterated uh, to, to management, uh, reiterated was the word, he's not mentally re- to, uh, ready to rejoin the team. So I'm a little curious. I, I don't know exactly when Ben Simmons first told uh, the 76ers he wasn't mentally ready to play. But if he told them that, and if they believe that to be genuine now, that's why they stopped finding him, presumably, unless it's something about the back injury. I'm not sure I have total clarity there. But if it's about Simmons not being mentally ready to play and they believe that is a legitimate reason for him not to be playing, how did they find him before? How did they kick him out of practice? If they had somebody who wasn't mentally ready to play and you accept that, uh, how do they justify those previous finds?
2: Yeah, my understanding is that that meeting, I believe, last Friday morning uh, evidently was somewhat of a turning point in that his teammates and Doc Rivers uh, heard what he had to say and felt it to be valid and credible and uh, threw their support behind him after he was open uh, about where he was at and what he was going through. So, uh, yeah, it's tough to figure out exactly what the distinction is, but it certainly seems like things changed in a significant way uh, after that meeting. Uh, As far as the back issue, Doc Rivers said today pregame that the back is, quote-unquote, better, uh, and that it's more mental, and Mm -hmm. that that's where things are at. So uh, that's the way the Sixers are framing it. Uh, and yeah, it's def- definitely uh, in their minds the predominant issue here is a mental one and they are satisfied that he uh, is working out with you know members of the organization and uh, moving in a direction where theoretically he could play for them again uh, in a way that was not the case when he was being disruptive at practice uh, but, a lot of twists and turns here uh you know wouldn't it be shocking if something major changed in in a few days but uh for now at least for the you know since that meeting last friday so for the last six days or so uh things seem to be pretty consistently positive as far as the way the sixers
0: view simmons uh and his his behavior here i mean let's just be real whatever is actually going on uh Ben Simmons, uh, when he you know, came to practice, he got kicked out of practice. He got suspended. That cost him more money. As long as he indicates that he's trying to progress toward playing, whether it's legitimate or not, and I'm not making any judgment on whether it is or isn't, but as long as he's indicating that but continues to say he's not mentally ready to play, that's his way of avoiding fines and not having to play for the 76ers, right? Like how do we gauge whether progress is real?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure there's a great answer to that. And I also think it is worth noting uh, for the Sixers, at least on paper, it's advantageous for it to be out there publicly that, hey, it's not so uh, ludicrous to think that Simmons might play for us again, uh, just if you're looking at things from a leverage, trade, trade value standpoint. Uh, That's particular line is, I think, preferable to one in which Simmons is showing up to practice and being a distraction and being disruptive to the team. So uh, reason for skepticism perhaps there on multiple fronts, but yeah, as discussed earlier, at least uh, from the standpoint of mental wellness, uh, I just think uh, it's an area where unless or until more information presents itself, uh, the skepticism probably isn't well placed there in particular.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think this goes? Do you think he's going to play for the Sixers again?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd be lying if I gave a confident answer to that question. Uh, It's tricky. Uh, Yeah. A few, a few reporters were kind of discussing something along these lines tonight. It feels very fifty fifty ish to me right now yeah that's uh, see that's and, why I
0: set you up to answer it, and I didn't give my own answer yeah. I'm also at about fifty fifty and so let's put the pressure on you
2: yeah fifty fifty um and yeah, you know and and that might change dramatically if you ask me in a few days uh some some uh, dynamic here that I think just always weighs in the back of my mind is the idea of him like playing in front of Philadelphia fans again. And, and that has always just been so difficult to envision uh, just because there's been so much venom there and, and so much profound disappointment. And and as you expressed earlier, I, I do think it's fair to characterize um a large chunk of the fan base as being skeptical of the mental readiness um, dynamic here. So man, that part's hard to believe, Mm -hmm. but uh, maybe some scenario where uh, he gets rolling on the road, you know, they have a long road trip coming up in February. Uh, Maybe that is a a little easier to imagine. Uh, But yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, um, lie and lie and say, I have a great gauge on that likelihood. Uh, and it doesn't seem like the organization or, or maybe even Simmons himself uh, does right now either. Uh, so yeah, as of as of today,
0: uh, I'll put it at a pure 5050. February. Wow, that's because uh, I mean, how long can the 76ers go like this? Like, what what's the next What's the next turning point? I mean, maybe maybe we could just have this weird in-between until February of, you know, he's practicing sometimes. He says he's not mentally ready to play. We believe he's working on it. We're not finding him. We're trying to help him. And when he's ready, he's ready. And we're looking for a trade. Maybe maybe we can just do this for months. Uh, I don't know. That seems strange. I, I guess as I talk it out, I don't know why we can't.
2: Yeah. I mean, relative to the hubbub and, and chaos that preceded it the past six days or week or so has been kind of calm on the Simmons front. And as we've discussed, like, there, there's only so many ways you can probe appropriately until into his mental readiness, especially since Simmons himself is not available to the media. Uh, and I, I don't sense that his teammates have great insight into that particular question, either. I think, as far as a key date, like obviously December 15th, uh, you know, when a, a bunch more players will be eligible to be traded, uh, that's one that stands out. And then after that, you got the NBA trade deadline. Um, but yeah, it, it is entirely conceivable to me that this could linger for a very long time and that uh, there could just be. Uh, a lot of uncertainty for quite a few more months. I, I think that is that is very possible.
0: You know, having covered Ben Simmons up close, and I, I know you've talked about how he doesn't really let people in, uh, but the sense you have, I don't know, what, what do you think? Because I, I think the way to accelerate a trade is, is just to cause chaos, cause mayhem, uh, the way James Harden did, the way Jimmy Butler did. First, all, I think Jimmy Butler loved doing that in Minnesota. I think James Harden had a tough time with it. With the Rockets, but did it, and it worked out. And I don't think he had that tough a time. But I don't think that really suited his personality. Uh, the sense I get from afar is that doesn't suit Simmons. Um, they, you know, he he doesn't want this confrontation. That's my sense. Um, being around him a little more. Uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it, the the state of affairs where he was there at practice and just kind of shuffling through the defensive drills and looking sort of listless, but I guess at least technically for two days, fulfilling his obligations to the extent that Doc Rivers didn't think he needed to kick him out of practice, that almost felt like consistent with Simmons's natural disposition uh, where he's not always the most like outwardly emotional and, uh, just kind of does does his own thing and what have you, uh, and yeah, it, it, when we got the news that uh, he he had been suspended for a game, um, that didn't feel consistent with his character, and uh, I did wonder if he was going down that route, whether he would really be able to stick with it for a sustained period of time. Uh, you know, ultimately, it only lasted to to the extent that he was suspended for a game. And then a couple of days later, uh, he's having this meeting with his teammates where he, uh, tells them he's not mentally ready to play. So, uh, look, Ben Simmons is, is someone that as a leader, his teammates, I, I think over the years respect, uh, the way he goes about his business where he's not always so in your face, but you know, he, he always plays extremely hard and, uh, takes a lot of pride in being an unselfish player who gets his teammates involved. And uh, at least in a non-scoring context is one of the more physical uh, guards in the NBA. Uh, So there are a lot of positive qualities he brings to a table, to the table uh, as a player when he's engaged. Um, But the fundamental truth here is he wasn't engaged uh, and the lack of engagement really wasn't sufficient, uh, to cause that much of a disruption. Uh, and ultimately he made the decision to go a different route here, uh, with the, the stance of not being mentally ready to play. Uh, so yeah, he, he's a, he's a complicated person. I think, uh, there's definitely some, some passion I think that, uh, often goes unrecognized bubbling under the surface and, he really does commit to his teammates uh, when he wants to be there, but as of now, all indications are that uh, for quite a long time, he did not want to be with the Sixers, and now we remain in this weird limbo where he is working out with the team and all of that, but uh, there's, there's no real sense of when he
0: might actually return uh, to a game. Do you think he'll ever want to play for the 76ers again, as opposed to, you know, we put it at around 50-50 that he'll play for them. Um, I put it as a little bit under, and that's mostly as, you know what, uh, at some point he might come to the determination that playing is his only way not to get fined. It might be his best path uh, to to get a trade to happen. Um I'm not predicting he's ever going to want to play for the 76ers. Uh, you know, that, that if he, I'm, I'm going to predict that if he ever had, as long as I have his preference, have his way, he would not be playing for the 76ers. Do you think he'll ever reach the point where, you know, you know, maybe it's impatience of not playing. Maybe it's uh, to save his reputation, still want to trade. Uh, I'm not saying, will he ever withdraw his trade request, but a lot of guys play through trade requests. We saw, I, I think a very public example is Anthony Davis. He asked for a trade from the Pelicans. They didn't trade him at the deadline. After the deadline, he's the one who said, I still want to play. I'm a basketball player. I want to be out there. Uh, they said, we want to sit you down. Uh, do you think there'll ever be a point, trade request withdrawn or not, where Ben Simmons' preference would be, hey, you can still get your money, uh, but you can play or not play. What do you want to do? Do you think he'll ever get to the point where he'll want to play?
2: Yeah, I, I'd put that at a little more improbable than just the broad, does he suit up for the Sixers again question. Um I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility uh, just because, you know, when we were assessing this situation before the season, part of what stood out as unique was that like he's 25 years old with four years left on his contract and uh, the the concept of him sitting out the duration of that contract was just – just felt – uh, very, very difficult to, to imagine ever happening. Uh, you know, this is a player in his prime coming on off an all-star season and just uh, wasting all that potential. Uh, you know, it's just not something uh, that, that we really had a good template for um, that said, you know, he's, he's been okay with not playing uh, to, to this point. Uh, but I imagine If the Sixers were not to pull the trigger on a trade before the the deadline, then the odds of that maybe uh, go up a little more where, (laughs) who knows, you know, the the playoffs are approaching and, um, you know, not wanting to miss out on that again, or just not wanting to miss out on a full season of basketball or what have you, but um, frankly... A lot of this, I think, has been somewhat uncharted territory. Uh, that most certainly would be if he were to sit out 50, 60 games and then uh, return for the stretch run. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you that uh, what's most likely here is is him continuing to have the strong preference of, I want to be dealt. Um, but who knows? Uh, there, there have been some unpredictable elements of this for sure. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be stunned by much, uh, just, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is, this is why people are skeptical of everything going on because I, I mean, I think there is this belief that he'll never prefer to play. And so is what he said, how genuine is it? What he's saying? Like how extreme is it? What's, what's the, you know, again, um, um, mental, mental readiness can mean so many different things. There's so many degrees, um, and to a large degree, I mean, this is what sports is, you know, who can be mentally ready, who, who has the, the fortitude to make those free throws and, and who doesn't. Right. That's that's what the game is. Um, you know, that's different than uh, things going on in your personal life. And we don't know what it is with Ben Simmons. I think there's that assumption. But I think this is where the skepticism comes in, because there just aren't the signs that he actually wants to play. And that's what people want to see. Is him want to play? Now, some of that might be in his control. Some of it might not. Some of that might be in the team's control. Some of it might not. What is outside the team's control is what kind of trade offers they're getting. Uh, Daryl Morey said, you know, not trading Ben Simmons for role players need a difference maker or not doing it, and said he'll wait four years. I think obviously that's hyperbolic, Uh, but that was a message there. Um, The most speculation has been around Damian Lillard on the Trailblazers, That Maury's going to wait for Damian Lillard because he believes, hey, if I got Ben Simmons, I I got the best package. Number one, I'm not sure a Ben Simmons package is going to be the best offer the Trailblazers get. I wouldn't assume that. That would be a catastrophe if Damian Lillard gets traded and uh, the 76 yourself Ben Simmons and can't make that happen. You know, they'll definitely be in the mix with Ben Simmons draft picks, maybe some other young players, whatever. The best offer? Not 100% sure. Uh, But the bigger problem is. The Trailblazers don't want to trade Damian Lillard. Uh, Lillard just restated his commitment to Portland. I think that's how he's wired. Uh, he wants to, to make it work there. He wants to stay there. I, I think he's kind of committed for the season. Now, maybe the Sixers will wait this out uh, for the full season. Something will change in the offseason. But the Blazers are 2-2, two and two, very uneven. We'll see how that goes. Maybe Lillard, Lillard will change his mind. Um, but I think he's
1: pretty invested at the moment. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
3: For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade Hard days deserve a hard lemonade Mike's is hard, so is prison Don't drive drunk, premium all beverage with flavors All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company Chicago, Illinois For over 130 years McCormick has helped you make Mom's lasagna To keep her secret recipe alive Take over taco night No matter how chaotic your day is Conquer the bake sale even if you get to it last minute and craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday because
0: with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Do you see a trade? Obviously not one that makes sense right now, but one that could unfold to make sense. Yeah.
2: I mean, for, for Portland, I, I think, I in the early stage of of this saga, CJ McCollum made a lot of sense. I, I think that that continues to be the case. Is CJ uh, McCollum a difference maker? Yeah, to me, he would be for the Sixers. Yeah. Um, you know, this team has been deficient in shot creation from the perimeter, uh, specifically late in games for quite a while. Uh, that's not a Ben Simmons specific problem, but it's one that. C.J. McCollum could address. Uh, I think the pairing with Joel Embiid is really strong on paper. Uh, And yeah, I think uh, he is not on a high end of the difference maker scale, but for me personally, he would probably check off that box. Uh, But we know Daryl Morey uh, is ambitious uh, and is stubborn, and uh, he is much more willing to wait uh, than to settle here. So uh Unclear if yeah McCollum would be sufficient, uh, but in my mind uh, that was always sensible and that hasn't really changed. Uh, but I think part of what I found difficult to reconcile with Maury's comments, though I agreed with the the overall stance uh, and not not wanting to trade Simmons for role players, but you know, he brings up the point of Joel Embiid is in his prime, and and that is why it is so important uh, to, to get a difference maker if you're going to deal Simmons. But like, geez, uh, waiting four years, you know, theoretically, uh, is kind of wasting four years of Joel Embiid's prime. Now, of course, uh, I don't think any of us believe Maury actually would wait four years. But even a scenario like the one you described where, he waits a full year and doesn't make a deal before the deadline Uh, that is probably one year down the drain uh, for a superstar MVP runner-up center who is 27 years old uh, and just has had very few stretches of sustained health in his career. Uh, So there's, in my mind some urgency because of who Joel Embiid is and the fact that he's in his prime and has just become such a great player. Uh, I I understand the notion of you better nail that Simmons trade uh, so that you can get Embiid the quote-unquote difference maker uh, that he deserves next to him. But I also think like the Sixers aren't working on an infinite clock here uh, and the timeline that you have to do that deal—it's uh, not four years. <laughs> you got you got to do it before then. Uh, and uh, the, the underlying point of you don't know, want to waste Embiid's prime—I uh, I think it's a nuanced one where there's some there's got to be some some degree of time urgency, at least to the extent uh, that you're not going to just sit for four years.
0: I agree, a hundred percent. You you cannot assume that Joel Embiid is going to remain healthy uh, forever. Uh, his, it, there's, there's a lot of reasons to believe his, his clock for his remaining prime uh, is ticking away faster than it would for uh, another player of his age and his ability because of his injury history. And so, yeah, I think there does need to be that urgency. Uh, Embiid is showing that urgency. He's playing through uh, a knee injury. Uh, he told Ramona Shelburne that he couldn't walk for two days. Uh, After the season opener, even though he played his second game uh, less than forty-six hours later, so obviously a little bit of hyperbole there. I don't think Joel Embiid uh, minds people really looking at him as uh, putting the franchise on his back, doing all he can. Like he wants that the reputation that comes with playing hurt. I believe the injury is real, of course, uh, but maybe uh, trying to frame it a, a certain way to to get the very most credit in addition um one of the reasons is i think he wants to win mvps talked a lot about winning mvp uh he he seems to care about it he might have won it last year uh if he stayed healthy played enough games might not want that uh argument working against him this year uh also talking while he's doing it because the team doesn't have simmons and needs him more and i mean you can see that uh he, he is responsible for for more offensive creation than he would be otherwise um what, what do you make of, of Embiid's health, of, of why he's playing through this? Is this good for the team? Is this just, hey, if, if Embiid wants to play, he's going to play? Is, uh, what, do you, what do you make of it?
2: Yeah, it's always been a, a really tricky balance with him. And when, back in the day when, when Brett Brown was the Sixers head coach, uh, he often stressed this concept of landing the plane and, and arriving at the playoffs in peak health and in peak rhythm. Uh, as being the top priority. Uh, and in my mind, that's still a good value to have with Joel Embiid. Like, you do uh, worry a little, I think, uh, seeing him grit through knee soreness in early season games that are relatively meaningless. Um, but I don't think uh, that particular comment he made to um, Ramona Shelburne is one that should... Uh, lead to a, a massive level of concern. Uh, he you know w- was was shoot around you know the Friday morning of that game he looked just fine warming up before the game. Uh, yes, he's he's dealing with knee soreness uh, but he's playing he's still playing at a very high level. Uh, so uh, there's there's definitely an element of of drama there um, that I think, uh, perhaps does not reflect the reality mm-hmm. of the extent um, of of this particular injury, um, but yeah, his health is always paramount for the Sixers, uh, and I think it's admirable that he wants to grit through. And he, he said tonight, like his goal every single year has been to play more games than the year prior uh, and to be there for his team. And, and you know, he obviously wants to be the leader of this team and sees himself as the face of the franchise after after getting a supermax extension this off season. Um, but there's got to be some element of balance. Uh, I think the Sixers recognize that. Uh, and you would hope that they don't do anything rash uh, as far as allowing him to play when it, when it's not wise to do so. But I, I don't see any indication that that has really been the case to an alarming level yet. Uh, certainly suboptimal that he had a knee knee collision in literally the first quarter of the first game of this season. Uh, but he seems to be okay, if not 100% from a health standpoint, uh, as things happen.
0: Hey, did his uh, opening night comment of, you know, uh, show support to our brother Ben because he's our brother, whatever, th- do you think that had any effect uh, on the fans there?
2: I think people did. Yeah, people were a little taken aback, didn't know how to take it. Um, yeah, I mean, look, every Sixers fan has their own thoughts and feelings on Ben Simmons. It was only, you know, a 30, 35 second speech. I, I think most folks were probably expecting something generic, thanking the fans for their support. And then that that came a little bit out of the blue, but uh I, I think we're at a stage where Joel Embiid, in the eyes of most fans, can do no wrong. And uh not to say that. Fans took that comment as gospel, but uh, it's nothing that rubbed people it, it, the wrong way um, because Joel Embiid obviously calls himself the process. So uh, he has the support of folks who stuck with this team through a lot of lean years. And I think one of the more fulfilling parts about being a Sixers fan these days is that uh, Joel Embiid, after two seasons on the bench injured, uh, became as great as everyone thought he could be and uh is now a legit mvp contender so now he's beloved by sixers fans there have been a few ups and downs but uh i don't think that speech um was anything that was viewed in a strongly negative way by by most fans
0: yeah i didn't quite mean it uh that way uh about uh Uh, It being taken negatively, but is he beloved enough that any 76ers fans are going to listen to him and support Ben Simmons uh, if Ben Simmons ever shows up to a 76ers game again uh, as a 76er and and cheer him instead of boo him? Are there any fans uh, that behind him be that that they're taking that directive?
2: Maybe a small chunk, but I wouldn't (laughs) say the majority. Uh, You still... Hear even with, even with Simmons's absence, you still hear negative chants about him at, at these home games, and uh, the prevailing feeling still seems to be he does not want to be here, and we most definitely do not want him. So yeah, I don't think Joel Embiid uh, is going to be overwhelmingly persuasive on that front, but uh, he do, does have a lot of loyal followers, so. I'm sure a small percentage uh, are on board with whatever he
0: says. Yeah. So what's the next shoe to drop? What's what's with the Ben Simmons situation? What's what's going to change? Uh, what's what's the next major step? Uh, and you know what? I'll I'll even give you the option. If you think we're doing this until February with no major step, that can count too.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, I put the the 50-50 label on it earlier, so I think the next major step is either he progresses to actually participating in team activities again and he's practicing and Doc Rivers starts to get questions about, okay, where is he at conditioning-wise and when might he play again, and uh, Rivers... Most likely takes all of that in a in a casual way, but uh, continues to re- reiterate this stance of he's always believed Simmons will eventually rejoin the team, and uh, then we start to get awfully close, and then maybe that happens. So that's door one, and then I think uh, door two is that come December fifteenth, Daryl Morey really escalates uh, some of these trade conversations and reopens discussions that that had been on hold and uh, finds that difference maker he's looking for uh, and then I think door number three is the one you alluded to where this just lingers on and on uh, and there continues to be just a great degree of uncertainty about exactly what's next uh, and and yeah that that would be. Still, uh, a, a very realistic path uh, that that might materialize, but yeah, I see it as in a broad sense those are probably the the three ways we could go. Uh, and again, the sense is that that first option uh, is getting more and more likely because you think, okay, Simmons is willing to be working with you know Sixers assistant coaches and and at team's practice facility again. Uh, you know, that, that's not that far from him practicing with his teammates. Um, I, of course, it, it's just near impossible to gauge because no one knows besides Simmons exactly uh, where he is at mentally and what his preferences are. But uh, just based on what we know, I see those as the three options
0: and I see option one as becoming increasingly likely. I think those are all very possible. I am going to take uh, door number four. I think my prediction is going to be uh, that the 76ers send him home that I, I don't know exactly what will precede that. And all of the things you said are all very possible, too. Um, but I, I think it, it's just hard to continue with the status quo. I think it's going to be hard to get Simmons back on the floor. I think it might just hit the point where the 76ers say, we, we don't want this distraction. We, we, you know, we'll send you home. We'll still pay you. You know, in a sense, you win. You get to go home uh, and, you know, probably with with a state you know, we'll welcome you back if you're ready to play. And we hope you're working on the things that will support you from there. Uh, but having you around and not ready to play in inviting these questions, uh, it it's no good. I, you know, in some ways, similar to what the Nets did uh, with Kyrie Irving. I, I think, um, you know, the, the Nets are facing a lot of questions and. You know, when Kevin Durant brings up Kyrie Irving, there'll be talk about Kyrie Irving, but it's not the uh, the daily drama that I think is coming from the 76ers with Ben Simmons.
2: Yeah, perhaps. I mean, as I as I kind of mentioned earlier, I think the drama quotient has substantially declined over the last week because That's there's true. only so many ways you can approach this issue, uh, and the Sixers, at least in terms of what they have to reveal are in a pretty solid position here where, you know, obviously we would always love more information and, and more insight, but it, we understand, uh, that they can't really tell us much. Uh, and we understand, okay, Simmons, is inactive, so we're unable to hear from him, and uh, we're kind of in this position where uh, I'm not sure that the team finds it especially uncomfortable or especially distracting. Uh, now, again, who knows how long that can last? But um, for me, it wouldn't be shocking if we're in a near identical spot in, in a week or two, and and the Sixers are okay with that. Um, They've already dealt with a lot of prickly territory, so I think right now um, they, they don't feel too bad about the, the distraction factor. Um, and and they, they feel that the team has strong chemistry and that Simmons is not detracting from that um, as things stand.
0: As things stand. Uh, but if we still agree that he's going to want to trade – uh, maybe he will detract from that, right? Uh, uh, deliberately, because uh, that's how you get traded. Uh, you you undermine that chemistry. You make it so the team wants to get rid of you. And if the 76ers are still digging in their heels about not accepting a lesser trade offer and a better one hasn't presented itself, that's where I think is one of the ways uh, him getting sent home could happen. Uh, but I don't know. You don't know. I doubt Ben Simmons knows. I doubt Daryl Morey knows. Uh, a lot of cards left to be played and uh, looking forward to, Seeing how the saga unfolds, uh the main way I'm gonna do it is read your work at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Follow you on Twitter at Noah Levick, L-E-V-I-C-K. Noah, thanks for joining me. Yeah, much
1: appreciated. Thank you for having me. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
3: For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is, conquer the bake sale even if you get to it last minute and craft the perfect sunday brunch when it's not even sunday because with mccormick by your side it's gonna be great